VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? It's Twitter Personal Podcast Instant Reaction. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what is up? Ooh, that was, that was a pretty big L. Pretty big L to take back to Starkville. You hate to see it. Oh. Hate to see it. Beside myself with just... You know, I'm such a leech fan. I've just been rooting for him this whole time. I'm, I'm really, I'm really hurting. I'm hurting internally. I think I have an ulcer. You know, I loved to see all the all of the people coming to Leech's defense the past couple of days on Twitter, and then a lot of the fan base saying, "You're not a Texas Tech fan." Then, <laughs> like well, a lot of people drew that line in the sand, like, "No, I don't, well, I'm not here for it." You know, and he he um I, I particularly liked all the discourse popping back up before the press conference, which I mean, for diehard Leech fans, you should know better than to really put something out there before the man speaks in front of a microphone. And then he brought up sexual assault allegations that he has, I don't know, just randomly decided to bring forward now because it's convenient to him. That my friend is called libel. I would think so, right? There's a difference. I remember it in Spider-Man. I think J. Jonah Jameson discusses the difference between libel and slander mm-hmm. and so is libel spoken yes okay and it's also written on Delsofino's website too then it's both it could be, it could possibly be both i think it's a post from 2018 but anyway so <clears throat> all of the um everybody came out of the closet out of the woodwork and then he dropped that bomb <laughs> out of the closet it got, way to it go it well, I wasn't. I don't. I don't mean anything. Oh, yeah. Out of the <laughs> okay. shed, maybe. The electrical closet. Yeah, I get what you're saying. But uh, yeah, it was it was satisfying to see that that group. They got a little bit quiet after Leach dropped some random sexual assault allegations during a press conference about a bowl game, where he spoke very little about football in general. Just it was so bizarre. It wasn't bizarre if you're used to him, but I've been uh, on a bit of a leech absence for the past eight or nine years, so it was a bit it's- jarring to come into that. Like, yeah, you know, let's uh, let's talk about Texas Tech's offense. Okay, uh, well they're pretty explosive, and you know a lot of that has to do with me. I'd like to take some. <laughs> some uh, oh, credit there they're explosive and it has a lot to do with what i built and what i did there and uh yeah that's what that's what i think of when i think of texas tech is is how good i made them that's i'm not exaggerating people if you haven't heard the press conference that is um paraphrasing what he said so let's talk about that explosive leech offense michael since you brought it up oh yes i'm ready Seven points. You know what, Spencer? I'm 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 Seven. having trouble. 
I'm having trouble with my notes. I have too many windows open. Did they score in the second half at all? No. Oh, okay. They picked up the majority of their yards in the second half. Oh, okay. That's good. Let's see. They finished that with 344 yards, which is uh, 40 or 50 yards fewer than they average throwing the ball. Um, this is total yards, though. Second half yardage, 216. Hey, look at that. To 128 the first half. They scored seven points on 128 yards. 128 yards. Texas Tech had more rushing yards in the first half, the first quarter, <laughs> than Leach's explosive offense was able to put up in the first half. Yeah, I've I've not enjoyed a win like this. I mean, I mean, you know, the Iowa Iowa State win was awfully big, but this one just felt different because we got to we got to enjoy it. You know, it was halfway through the third quarter when I was finally thinking, okay, I don't think I'm going to jinx anything if I start tweeting stuff. I still waited. I did too. <laughs> but I just had that mental note thinking. Because I, I watched, like we mentioned on the podcast last last time, I watched the highlights. It's just the highlights, but still. Of that the Auburn, Auburn game? game was, yep. Yeah, it was very recent in my mind, and I just, you know, I knew. And, and I'll, we'll, we'll get this out of the way too. Mississippi State was very depleted. They had a lot of... A lot of guys not available. Um, it seemed like they lost a player every fifth play. So, yeah, sure. There were some depletions there. I don't care. I don't think it was, you know, a, this type of dominating result because of that. You know, Mississippi State came in as a 10-point favorite, and Texas Tech just wiped the floor with them. Can I just say how much I enjoyed defensive lineman falling down right before the snap of a oh. Mike Leach coached team. Yes. <laughs> feigning I, I, an injury. That was not lost on me either. I noticed that too. <laughs> I remember 10, 12 years ago, he'd be on the sideline throwing his hands up. Like, what are they doing? They're slowing Ooh. us down. And then he does it himself because his defensive linemen in the first quarter were being destroyed, manhandled. The offensive linemen, when they took that timeout for that defensive lineman that went down with the air quotes injury, they were like, like Tiger Woods punch celebration, however you want to do that, that arm celebrate he does. Yeah. They were throwing punches. They were excited because they were tapping out because they could not keep up. Also, speaking of offensive linemen being fired up, when Donovan Smith got that little extra shove after he scored a touchdown, Dawson Deaton comes swinging. He did. <laughs> I loved it. The man was on a mission. Yeah. Um, and then it seemed like when he got to the sideline, like it sound, it looked like, it looked like Cumbie was like cheering him on. He was definitely fired up, and because Deaton was fired up, oh like, yeah, after that too, he was still like pointing and like he chased Cumbie down. Like he and Cumby were loved it. They were talking to each other really animatedly and Cumby started to walk off and then Deaton like kept chasing him and kept talking. So I think you're right. I'm going to read into that as a positive body language thing. Uh, just Cumby coached his tail off, man. Uh, just had a, 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 just a ragtag, not ragtag group of coaches, but guys he probably had really coached with before. Um, and really put it together and, I was just really impressed that I, I do 
say that even though, yeah, Donovan Smith ended up being the MVP, I think, of, of the bowl game, there was a time there. I was a doubter. I was a big doubter. Missed a couple of big throws. Going into half so, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started messaging you guys. I'm like, can is he, is he actually is he actually still good? Is he good? Can you throw a pass anymore? Is this a problem? Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Edu slash podcast. And then it was the very next drive that he hit those two absolute dimes to Kuntz. And then I forget who it was that almost got the touchdown. I think it was Sparkman. Was it? Well, I know. Yeah, maybe it was. Or Price? Is he or Bradley? No, it was one of the outside guys, I thought. Yeah. It, I mean, you know what? It may have been Bradley because... I thought he was going to get his first TD, and he didn't. Yeah. So, Jerron Bradley has two catches, long of 52 tonight. So, okay, let's um, track. Let's back up a second. Talk about the first half. Um, Texas Tech offensively came out and punched Mississippi State's defense in the mouth. The strongest first drive. Strongest part of their defense. We talked about, you know, surprisingly, but Mississippi State has a run defense, and they were – they average giving up what a hundred yards a game on the ground. I think so. Two hundred notes just to see two hundred and sixty yards at nearly six yards a carry, and going in like the first couple drives they were eleven and a half, twelve yards a carry. They weren't ready. They like mentally, physically, they just weren't ready for it. And then. They figured out, well, if Tex Tech is going to drop back and pass, they brought some pressure and they were flustering Smith. And that, that's where we saw the breakdown in the first half with Smith's performance. Is he, the pressure was getting to him. It was rattling him a little bit. And he was holding onto the ball just a, a count too long, right? But also he's getting rid of the ball just early enough. Like that, uh, mm-hmm. that, incomplete pass that could have been a fumble. Like yes. had he just like, had he pulled the trigger a breath later, like as, as either a huge sack or as a fumble. Um, there was that one where he was going to the sideline and he like nearly was on the ground before he threw the ball. And then went back to review it to see if his knee was down, held onto it. Just, I mean, he got rid of it just in time. Um, you ran, you, you, Texas Tech, ran the ball 44 times to Smith's 28 pass attempts. 
260 yards on the ground, like I said, for 5.9 yards per carry, 252 through the air on 15 completions. 54% completion, yes, sir. So just to back you up, you just read off the stats of tonight. Yeah, um, Mississippi State's defense allowed, coming into this game, 101 rushing yards per game. Double that up. Blew that out of the water. And they allowed 230 passing yards. So Tech didn't really overwhelm them in the passing game, but they definitely did in the rushing game. I mean, they still threw, you know, Tech threw for more than what Mississippi State's been allowing. Um, but the the rushing game is what I think really caught them off guard. Uh, it didn't... It, I, I did, you know, we both predicted... A loss. We'll I go predicted, ahead and get that out of the way. Yep. I predicted his two score loss. I think it was 13 points. I, th- I thought Mississippi State would beat Texas Tech something like 37 24. Yeah. I had at the time the spread was nine and a half. I had Mississippi State covering 41 31. And I just, mm-hmm. just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, it's not that I came in thinking, oh, well, this is. This is exactly what's going to happen. But some, something happened in that opening drive that I immediately changed my decision where I just thought if, if Tech can run the ball against these guys and it looks like they can, then this is it. I mean, I, I really think they've got a great shot. The defense played well. Um, I mean, more than better than well. The defense played fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, just an absolute – just a clinic – put on um you know by the the front guys especially Tyree Wilson back-to-back sacks including one on an ill-advised fourth and stupid long and then nearly field goal range nearly had a a third sack on the next drive where he just straight overpowered the the offensive line he just pushed him back into Will Rogers and then shucked him off and tackled Rogers as he released the ball but like nearly had a third one but Tyree Wilson was on it tonight. Yes. Incredible performance. Really excited to see that type of pressure up front, that type of disruption. Uh, just even special teams, Spencer, they they were doing different things in the return game. I don't remember them doing this before, and I just watched uh, the Cardinals game this week, so I kind of have it on my brain. Taking a fair catch they, in the end zone? Not not just that. That was <laughs> That was like seeing a unicorn. But also the misdirection thing, like on punt right. returns, mm-hmm. it didn't I've, it didn't really help because that that one that that uh, Fry faked to the right and they down the punt on the left. It was down on the five. Yeah, but then Texas Tech scored four plays later, ninety five yards in four plays. Right, but that was but, just it, yeah. To I, your I was point. I was glad to see some some changes being made. You know, s- addressing some things maybe not trying to field it every single time and just like, it's almost like Tom Erdahl was the problem. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't there tonight. He wasn't. <laughs> and but the look, special teams coach was there, right? He was the bald guy that was next to Cumbie a lot, right? Or was that the strength coach? I mean, he may have taken over for Tom Erdahl, but I, I don't know. No, cause he, he's not the new one. He, he's not, uh, Coach Perry. Well, who is the bald guy next to Cumbie all the time? He he's new this year. I he may be on the strength conditioning staff, but because mm. he was there 
Nick Holt, maybe? Yeah, okay, that makes sense. He's senior analyst on offense. There you go. That could be him. Sorry, guys, I don't know all of our analysts by face. It's hard to when, you know, they change every year. Yeah, for sure. So at least Texas Tech wins by four touchdowns. Four touchdowns. 34 to 7. Does this mean anything for 2022? Absolutely not. This is not something that I, I think you can look at, or maybe because of the 2013 Holiday Bowl, where we did something similar to Arizona State, we're like, hot damn, here we go. <laughs> and then absolutely did nothing in 2014. Right? right? So, or like, thir- I, I, it was 13, because that was. No, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, I, I, I don't want to say, like, look at what we did and. Like we're just gonna we're gonna do this thing uh, in 2022. Yep. yep. This is a f- fantastic, fun, entertaining way to close out the 2021 season, and that's that. Yes, that was exactly where I was gonna go with that because I remember I completely fell for Kingsbury as the head coach. He got eight wins his first year. Sure, it ended on a five-game losing streak, blah, 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 all that stuff. Davis Webb was out of his mind playing in the Holiday Bowl. They they got eight and five. They were underdogs big time. Next year's going to be special. So I still have that in my craw, which was Tech's last bowl win, by the way. Ugh. It's been a while, guys. Um, so I'm with you. That was exactly where I was going is, hey, this was – take it for what it is. This was a lot of fun. I felt like a lot of tech fans got to exercise a few demons, get to talk a little trash, get to hopefully not think about the coach from Starkville until the next <laughs> Texas Tech head coaching search comes up. And inevitably, someone with insider knowledge says, no, for real this time, all the donors really want Leach back. Um, until that happens again, and until Tech plays Mississippi State in, what is it, 28 and 29, if if he's still there, then hopefully we can just kind of not think about Leach for a little while too. Um, but, but yeah, this was, there was a lot of highlights to see there. I, I mean, uh, Smith, I was really impressed with how he was able to kind of turn, turn it around, mm-hmm. had, you know, just really in a slump in a game and got pulled back out. I'm sure that had a lot to do with him and mentally and probably a lot to do with Cumby and the other coaching staff, just kind of working with them. What Patterson was able to do, against this offense, I mean, just completely shut it down, make them not do anything they're really known for doing or capable of doing. Uh, you know, the, some of the most effective stuff that Leach did at the beginning of the game was when they were handing off the ball, and then they completely quit doing that, which, hey, fine with me. Yeah, Stop. so <laughs> their sack-adjusted rush yards, they had 85 rush yards for five and a half yards per carry, essentially. And they finished the game with 54 rush yards. That that takes in the four sacks on Will Rogers, bring it down to 54 total yards, which is like 10 yards under their season average. Which I think we both agreed that just with the with the way this game was going to play out, with the way that I think Mike Leach was going to be out for blood, he's not going to run the ball. He was going to go and try to just air it out and just you know run it up, score a bunch of points. Um. 
yeah, so the first half, like defensively, like you felt like you were in a good spot. There were some times where you, you kind of felt a little lucky, like there were some just weird missed passes and throws. Mm-hmm. But then in the second half, like you were able to get pressure on Will Rogers. Um, the times that they, they picked up yards on the ground, you were like, okay, like you were just fine with it. Um, they had a couple of, of kind of frustrating completions, but on a team that threw it 53 times to have like a handful of plays, you're like, oh man, I wish we had that. Um, and then to force three turnovers, two of which were on, on, on defense. You had uh, a forced fumble that you recovered and an interception. You nearly had an, another interception. Um, but there when Mississippi State was starting to move the ball in the second half, it felt like you just your defense stepped up and said, "No, that's not happening, man." <laughs> you turned him over. Yeah, yeah. one one time you turned him over. I, I think the interception was caught like around the, the twenty yard line. So like they they were they were getting close. And no, as and as much grief as as Keith Patterson's unit has been given this season, like it's it's strange because like like it hasn't been. Oh, if only the defense was this much better, because I think we're just so used to saying that as Texas Tech fans, like if only our defense was better um, and it wasn't always on the offense, like on the flip side, it's not like it's oh, Cumbie's offense. And if, if we weren't playing Shuck, or if we weren't playing Columbia, if we didn't have to go down to a third string quarterback, um, because that third string quarterback tonight looked pretty damn good. Yeah, he did. He had a couple of bad drives, but overall really overcame it. And, Played super well in a, I mean, a, a game that probably he didn't imagine he'd be playing in his first year of meaningful snaps. You know, a bowl game uh, against a former head coach. You know, all all the other stuff that's going on in the back of your head. Uh, his dad had an interesting tweet before the game. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, DeAndre Smith with the group of running backs and saying, "What was it? Something like." Um, ready to ride with these guys one last time. Yeah. No, I'm wondering, I'm trying not to look too much into it, but hopefully they're not all in, obviously not all of them. Hopefully they're, there's not going to be some transfer portal news come out or something along that ilk. Cause there really hasn't been any big transfer transfer portal bombshells still. Now as declared for the draft, Congrats to him. Go for it. You know, do it. Do what you want to do. That that did. It didn't make me nervous about him not being in the game tonight because I thought, man, I don't think he's he's. Let me get this straight. He's super talented. He's super good Mm -hmm. when he gets the ball. I just didn't know if Tech was be able was going to be able to get the ball to him enough for it to matter. Um, in the scheme of things. Tech was able to pick up the slack a lot with, you know, I mean, Geiger had some great catches, Price, Bradley. Um, you know, I know Geiger's not one of the younger guys, but Price and Bradley are. Sparkman is. Cleveland. I think Cleveland's been around a little bit more, though. But just some really solid play by these guys. I mean, only 15 catches, like you mentioned. So it, it wasn't just a ton of uh, passes through the air. But Azukama being gone... I knew that was going to affect things slightly, but it just 
it, it wasn't really on my radar in the scheme of this game. And I just hope that he finds success in the NFL, does well. Uh, former Red Raider Antoine Wesley caught a touchdown for Kingsbury. Terrence Steele caught a touchdown. <laughs> I love that. I love that. We got, a, we got a lineman catching touchdowns in the NFL. Sure, why not? So, yeah, you, you mentioned uh, Azukama not being there tonight. Um, Columbia had mentioned, or Cumbie had mentioned that Columbia had decided to leave the team. I don't That's know right. if he's transferring again or if he's just done. Um, I would assume transferring as, as he wasn't with the team at all. Like, he didn't go to the bowl. Um, so that, that quarterback depth was a little concerning where you had Donovan yeah. Smith – and then Baron Morton, who has had two snaps all season, it felt like. No, no, because he had a drive against Oklahoma State. I think he had three or four plays against Oklahoma State. And then Parker Neal? I don't even know like, his name. Yeah, it, it seemed like name. Smith rushed for a lot more than five attempts because I remember just like white knuckling it the entire time. Like, oh, he's taking off. Oh, gosh. <laughs> give, give. Give Morton some reps. I don't know. You know, it was. I felt that way this whole last half of the season when Columbia was inexplicably sick for for three or four weeks or whatever that was. Same same thing. And this, I definitely felt it because thinking, man, we've we really only have one guy that we could put out there if something happens to to Donovan. Yeah, and then I, I think the only other guy that I I could notice that wasn't there was Log Fungi. Uh, like he was there on the sidelines. I saw him dressed. Um, but he didn't play because he he would have started in place of Ezukanma. Um, but instead that's he, why I was surprised to see Bradley get the start, and I guess that I guess that explains it. Yeah, so Jerron Bradley got the start out there on the right side, opposite of Kalen Geiger. Um, but yeah, so like you didn't have a you you haven't had a lot of news on the, the transfer portal just yet. Uh, I you know expect. You know, at least a few names. Now the season's over, and and McGuire's going to come in and kind of put his hands on the program and, and his his spin on it. Um, you know, maybe for some guys that's that's not their cup of tea, right? They're like, you know what, appreciate sure. it, or they they have real conversations with with Kitley uh, and with Deruder, and they're like, I don't know how you're going to fit into our new system. It's great, move on, whatever. Yeah. Um. We'll just have to see what happens. I, I imagine it's going to be pretty hectic. Um, yeah, you know the next the next couple of weeks. But hats off to all the guys that stuck around. I mean, they didn't have to. If they were even on the fence about it, they could have thrown their hat in the portal before the bowl game. I, I think that says a lot to Cumby and the staff that you know was still around and Patterson and and um, you know Smith. I, I think it says a lot to the guys that were the interim staff. And to McGuire and Blanchard and, and the new guys coming in that they were committed to this team enough to if they were if they're going to make a decision, they waited till after the bowl game. And that's pretty big. They didn't have to do that. Yeah, for sure. And and th- there's something I heard tonight. Uh, it was on the pregame interview they did with uh, that the radio crew did with Cumby. And they asked him about just how the past month has been juggling, um, wrapping up the new no, sorry the end of the season uh, signing day being you know, announced as a head coach somewhere else. And he said until signing day, he had basically like two notebooks on his desk. He had a, a Louisiana tech notebook and Texas tech notebook. Um, and he was working on 
on signing day with Louisiana Tech. We're going to recruiting for that program. And in the meantime, while, while DeAndre Smith was running practices, he said basically that the, those first couple of practices that Cumbie wasn't there, it was mostly to get the guys back into game shape, getting ready to go, um, and that they would start doing their game prep uh, and all that kind of stuff once he got back. But that to me speaks to the, the job that like DeAndre Smith did to get them ready to go. Like, like no, I don't have to worry about, you know, when Cumbie comes back, I don't have to worry about getting the team ready to go to practice, make sure they're ready to go, make sure they're physically in shape, that they're not um, still coming back from holidays or whatever. That in the, just the really interesting and kind of weird spot that DeAndre Smith was put into, he had this team physically ready to go. Mm-hmm. So when Cumbie came back with the limited time that we were all kind of concerned about, like, oh, he's, he's splitting his time with, with another program. He's a head coach somewhere else. Keith Patterson's a head coach somewhere else now. They got in. They were able to game plan a hell of a game against mad scientist or genius Mike Leach over there where you put up 34 points on their SEC defense and you let them score seven points. It and was I, as I, I I never went into this game thinking that it would be this type of one-sided domination. And if it was going to be one-sided, I, I fully expect it to be the other way around because of sure. all of the uncertainty on the Texas Tech staff and how Mississippi State was not going through the same thing, right? They were a 7-5, and five, really battle-tested team that had proven that they can win big games in the SEC, um, and they had all their attention on Texas Tech, where Texas Tech and their coaching staff was being pulled in a million different directions, and yet that's not what you saw. You saw the exact opposite, actually. Yeah, I mean, you saw a seven and five team that sure didn't play like a team that was maybe two or three plays away from being nine and three. I mean, they were very close to being a nine win team this year. This is the worst loss that they they've been handed aside from Alabama this whole season. Uh, just, I'm fine with it. It was great. Love it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. You know, and 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 maybe there's something to say, Michael, about that uh, that most recent lawsuit that was filed in, in Lubbock Court last week by Mike Leach. That had he no. been more focused on game planning, he wouldn't have been embarrassed. Had his pants around his ankles, national TV tonight, still talking about how the money he's owed, how there's sexual assault cover-ups happening at Texas Tech. No. He wasn't ready. Calling, His team wasn't ready. Calling out Kent Hance by name, you know, saying saying he loves Lubbock and Kegels and everything about he he did do a better job selling Lubbock than than Wells did. Uh, he had things that to, part of his interview. positive things to say. Yeah, but and then he mentioned four people. Yeah, <laughs> then it was, but <laughs> in that same, it, it's kind of you can't you can't be both. You know, it's it's like the it's almost the same thing to to completely love leech and then still root for him at this point and hope that he does well and 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 all that and it still be a tech fan it, it's kind of hard to to be leech in that aspect where he claims to love tech himself he claims to be you know really love the people and really love Lubbock and everything about it but to keep 
bringing on this litigation and, and to use words like scoundrels and weasels and slippery and whatever words he used during his bowl game pre-conference press conference to, you know, to, to mention Kent Hans by name still um, just the, the stubborn old manness of it all. Mm-hmm. It just was really almost sad. It was almost sad to see him just get on there and just be all that gruff and just talk about it. It was rough, man. I, I just couldn't, it wasn't like, it's like he wasn't even the same guy. It's that person that you, you kind of lose touch with for a little bit. And then you, you come back into contact with them and they've aged quite a bit. Um, it's, it's like the guy that never leaves his hometown and you come back for like a, like a holiday weekend and he's still like living down the street from, from his mom's house. Um, talking about the glory days and the good old days. And all, if, if only I, something else had gone right for me, I would have been, been CEO of, uh, of a uh, double Eagle or something. Yeah. Well, and Cody Campbell hadn't cut me out of his life <laughs> when we were 17 year old buddies riding around the dirt bikes, totally making all this up, <laughs> nothing to do with anything. Like I, it has that kind of feel to it that he just can't let it go. Like no. the, his mental capacity is so consumed with getting back at tech administration that have not been administration at tech in a decade. Yes. And going I, after I don't money that he's not rightfully owed. If you look at the contract, yeah. he was paid exactly what he was paid based on the contract that he had signed. I'm not going into that. He just Again. wants to be right. He doesn't want to. His he, caring he, for he right. He wants to settle. I don't think it's. No. I no, don't even he think wants it's about to be the, the money at this. I don't think it's been about the money for years. I think initially, you bet. And I was probably on board with it for a while. Like, well, you know, that was kind of shady to fire him on the 30th. And it's like, well, I mean, that is how contracts work. It's, it sucks. But he signed it. Uh, but I just think that um, it's even if Tech settled it, which they they won't ever do, hopefully. But it still wouldn't be enough. He would probably still somehow take him to court for something or try to. But I didn't realize that you mentioned this like five minutes ago now. Uh, he filed something this week. Yeah, it came out in one of the one of the preview articles uh, for, for the game that I, I read this afternoon. Oh my gosh! That there was another lawsuit injunction or something filed within the past two weeks in a Lubbock court by Mike Leach and his team. I completely missed that. Wow! Unbelievable. Let and, it go, man. He's unless, made, by my count, I think he's made $25 million since he was fired. I, I could only hope to be so lucky to be fired at my job with cause, then go to another place and make that kind of dough doing the same job I was fired for with cause. It just doesn't. Yeah, I don't get it anymore. I got it for a while. I don't get it anymore. And he's he's completely lost me. I have no sympathy for his fight or his his cause, whatever his thing is right now. If he just wants to be right, if he just wants to hold tech to the fire, um, if he wants to get Kent Hance pissed off, I, I don't 
I don't know. I don't. You're not going to draw care. him off sides. No, he's not going to come out of obscurity in Austin and fire back on Twitter to Mike Leach. No, he's probably not. He's got a podcast. Do you know that? Yeah, I think I did. I've never listened to it, but he's got a podcast. Who knows? He may be talking about it right now. He's probably having an instant reaction, just like we are. Love hey, to Cam. hear it. Because he loves Texas Tech. Yes, he does. Um, you know, Michael, I love Texas Tech whooping Mississippi State tonight, 34 to 7. Um, there were some things quickly before we move on. To, there was a basketball game today that I want to talk about for just a couple minutes. Oh, yeah, there was. There were some things on, on Twitter today uh, outside of the if you root for Mike Leach, you're not a Texas Tech fan. It was more of the kind of tangential to that saying the curse is broken Ugh. there was never a curse no there was never a curse but there was never a curse if there was anything to ever put this behind us it would have been a dismantling of the guy that has been bad-mouthing our university for better part of a decade because he won't let it go and I, I mean, you can't control the decisions of his team saying, I don't want to play or um, the guys that got sick that were unavailable tonight or whatever, for whatever reason that they were down as many players as they were. But they were not ready to play tonight. And that is on him. Sure. And so. that, that combats the whole, uh, you know, the, uh, well, they just didn't really want to be there. They just didn't want to be there. Well, if they didn't want to be there, then that's on the coaches. That's, that's on, on the you. coaching staff. Mm-hmm. If, if that's true, if that's how SEC fans are going to frame this, which inevitably someone's probably going to say it, okay, all right. Say they didn't want to be there. Whose fault is that? Who do you blame that on? You know, Whose shoulders does that lie on to put the want to into a player's heart? It's the coaches. And then they... If 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 you're gonna go down that road, then that's where you end up. Ugh. Can we stop talking about Leach for a little while? I would love to. You know what we can talk about, Michael? <laughs> yes. Going live go over on Spotify Green Room for instant reactions just like this one. We didn't do it tonight uh, because we wouldn't have a normal podcast tonight, um, and we also want to talk about basketball. But Green Room, not this weekend. Damn it, because COVID. <laughs> right. Yes. Taking out COVID. an opponent and. I'll, I'll get to the schedule arrangements in a bit, but instant reactions, catch them for the 23 personnel over on Spotify green room. It is the live audio only sports talk platform free to download and to use talk to us, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post game breakdowns and reacting to breaking news. Spotify green room is free. And it's an audio only social media platform for us the sports fan join a conversation with us have a chance to be featured on the 23 personnel podcast we'll be hosting rooms every week mostly saturdays we'll see as the the weekday games come along as we get into basketball season come through talk with us live all you need to do is download the spotify and green room app it's free in the ios and google play app stores create a profile link your twitter and join the group follow me at spencer rogers to be notified when we go live. We'll be going live on Spotify Green Room next Saturday, the 8th. 
possibly at the earliest, earliest talk about text tech basketball. Come with your spiciest takes. All right. We're not going to do the basketball uh, intro. We're just going to roll right into basketball. Yes, hey, Michael. Spitzer. Um, oh, my God. So when Sonny Cumbie was announced, did you see this? We've been talking, so we probably missed it. When Sonny Cumbie was announced and handed the trophy or whatever they did at the they did the presentation, right before he was about to walk off the stage, he he grabbed the mic again and he said, I guess the Red Raider gets the pirate after all. Nice. Oh my gosh. That man is just love him. He he loves Texas Tech. And I'm 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 pumped for him and his opportunity to go be head coach. Gosh, me too, man. I mean, just it, it makes me smile just thinking about it. Head coach Sonny Cumbie. He's destined to be a head coach. I, I really hope he's great. All right. So you want to talk a little bit of basketball? Well, yeah, they had a game today. They played Alabama State. The Hornets of Alabama State. Hornets. Had some pretty atrocious gold uniforms. Yeah. I was um, I was working from home. Mm-hmm. So I listened to the game. I was not watching it. But... I did get the vibe that Tech started off really slow, um, had a rough start to get going, kind of had a, you know, a, a little bit, no, it was the it was the normal starting five, I guess, but uh, Bacho came in, played 23 minutes, mm-hmm. uh, O'Banner didn't play that much, he was 0 for 5 from 3, Yeah, I mean, a- w- when do we take that away from him? At this point, because they were all air quote his shot right in that corner. Yeah, the only makes are against bad teams, and this was one of the worst teams Tex played this year, and he was zero for five. And they were open looks I, too. I, I think at some point we just gotta. It's like, hey, dude, um, you're not that guy. <laughs> he's he is nineteen of fifty five on the season. That's good for thirty four and a half percent. So, um, maybe how about you stop? Uh, let's how about see. you don't, Scotty? No, <laughs> Scotty knew. Um, that includes the two and eleven outing versus Tennessee, which was also not good. I'm not here to just rail on O'Banner. I'm sorry, uh, Nadolny. Good game for him. I heard at the end of the broadcast that he almost matched his career high. He had eight points. And his career high was a nine-point game against Houston Baptist two years ago. So he was kind of all over the place. Three steals, five assists, uh, you know, a couple of rebounds. Really played well. I think Bacho was pretty commanding down there. Almost Again, had a double-double. Yeah, nine rebounds, eight points. Um, but the, the big stat I wanted to show, which oddly enough I noticed during the football game tonight, they were – showing some stats and that gigantic flipping ticker that ESPN loves to have that just blocks out 10% of your screen. And they have like standing ads down there too. Like I learned <sighs> about a, like I know when the playoff is ESPN or Boba Fett, the new streaming series over on Disney plus, you know what? I actually maintained didn't know that started Wednesday, but because of the ticker, I know I was like, ah, oh, it's, it's coming out pretty soon. I better. Oh, it's Wednesday, but oh, it was a right. standing graphic within the, within the ticker. Did you watch Hawkeye? I watched, I think we've watched an episode or two. It's, it's, it was surprise. not surprised. I should stop saying that. Every time I say, well, Loki was surprisingly, or 
WandaVision was no, I sh- I should not be surprised anymore. It's always going to be pretty good. They I always get invested into these characters. They always pull me in. I don't know anything about Marvel universes aside from the movies and I was just enthralled to learn who Kate Bishop was. It was great. So I um, wasn't. Oh, hold on. Before we move on, real quickly, I, I wasn't all ahead. that uh, all that drawn in to the uh, Winter Falcon. Oh, that's the only one I haven't Winter watched. Winter Soldier. Whatever. Well, maybe not the only one, but yeah, I didn't one. watch that one. Um, Loki, though, I thought was fantastic. I loved Loki. Yes. Wandavision took about half of the season before I picked up and was like, "Oh, I get what they're doing now." It shouldn't have taken four episodes to do it, but I get what they're doing, right? Um, or I, I get what's going on, and then like it was like a really quick avalanche. It felt like in that series, like a slow snowball, and it ended with an avalanche. You're like, I want more of the downhill avalanche and the snowball rolling at the top of the hill. Anyways, um, yeah, that that ticker man, it's ridiculous. So, oh yeah, so what I noticed on the ticker, I'm glad I'm glad you brought me back to it. It was points in the paint. That was the yes. stat that was on the ticker. My goodness. So 38 to 2? Yeah. Your Red Raiders had 36 points in the paint and held Alabama State to 8. 36 to 8. Yeah. The only way they were able to really kind of stay in it, which this is becoming a problem. Uh, you know, I don't want to say stay in it. You know, Tech. Tech pretty much pulled away at halftime. It was they were up by 15 at half, but Alabama State hit five of 12 three pointers in the first half. They were 42. percent So that was that kept the game closer than it should have been. Was their ability to hit threes? Now they went on to hit only three more and finished eight for 27. Yikes! But that's something that's the threes are going to hurt us on both sides of the court this year, and it's just. Uh, it's just kind of frustrating, but uh, yeah, that the points in the paint, that was what I wanted to bring up once I started talking about the ticker. So looking at the game stats, Tech Tech finished the game on a 12-2 run, just buried it there at the end. Um, I I am enjoying seeing Bacho, Bacho get as many minutes and, and doing what he's doing. It felt forced earlier, all the fan love he was getting. Uh, the the bacho hive or whatever. <laughs> However, it it, it, it's, it's an account on Twitter. Um, <laughs> Is it really? It's oh, have I missed this? <laughs> when he hits that double double, though, like people are gonna lose their minds. Um, yeah, I, I I think that we all got caught up in the, you know, kind of the Chewa part of it and Golding and stuff. You know, the the really young guy who's seven foot tall and. We, we kind of just fell back into that and forgot that this guy's been playing basketball for three or four years in college. I mean, he was hurt, obviously, but he's, what, 21 or something? He's he's a seasoned guy. He's big. I mean, yeah, obviously he's tall, but he's he's got some meat on his bones. I mean, it, I was caught up in that, too. Like, oh, hey, the, the big guy got in. This is great. You know, I'm really I'm really happy for him. Then you realize, oh, this isn't just like some green freshman. Well, he's, you kind of forget that. <laughs> technically, he's a redshirt freshman. Sure, but it's not like he he came straight from France and we we threw him into the lineup because you know there were two minutes left in the first half. You know, it's not like a charity thing. 
he's really impressed me. And I, I should have probably, you know, that, that probably says a lot on me. I think I was not expecting what I should have. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So praise, we, praises to Bacho. We're part of the Bacho hive. I'm, I'm probably sure. behind the account. I'm just not telling Spencer <laughs> that that would somehow really surprise me. Um, so you're supposed to have a game this weekend against Oklahoma state and it got moved, uh, to the 13th, which is interesting because the big 12 said that we're, we're not going to, we're not going to schedule three games in seven days. No, no. What they did is they gave Texas tech five games in 10 days. Assholes. Yeah. That, that's a lot. That's a lot of games. They guys. play five games between January 5th and January 15th. Well, it was going to be a rough stretch no matter what, because Kansas and Baylor and Iowa state. Well, and I was, you know, I, I kind of poo pooed Iowa state at the beginning of the year. Well, that is not, are they for I'm real? Probably. To be wrong on that too. I just love being wrong. That's all I do. But man, yeah, they've really been playing well and they're going to be super tough. And it's at the Hilton. And if, Iowa State's good, and the fans are there. It's going to be tough. So maybe maybe they won't quite be back in full swing of, at school by the 5th. Maybe we can hope that, because that is Tech's next game now. Yeah. Even though if you watched the Liberty Bowl tonight, you heard them promo the Oklahoma State game this Saturday at 3, which, of course, Spencer just mentioned, was moved 10 days later. Um, but... They didn't care to notify the broadcast team for ESPN that that was the case. Update the graphics. Yeah. Um, so yeah, your upcoming schedule, Iowa State, Kansas, Baylor. Baylor's number one in Haslametrics and just overall number one. Kansas is seven. Iowa State, 22. You're at yeah. 31 right now, I believe. And the only home game is Kansas of those three. Yikes. And it, uh, I hate that it's before the students are back. I hate. Well, that. maybe they'll come back though. I, I think it'll be a pretty packed house. You know, I went to that Eastern Washington game. I did too. And I didn't see there, but I was there. Oh, too. that's right. I saw. Well, we were on the bus. I saw you walking up to the bus. Um, but it was a pretty. That was a pretty good crowd. You know, a lot. But you know, I had to raise my voice a little bit. But that was still a good crowd, to what I'm used to seeing for a December game during the Christmas break the last, you know, three or four years I've gone to one of those. Yeah. So maybe there'll be a good crowd for Kansas. That's all I'm saying. I mean, so there's hope in that it's a week, the weekend before classes re- resume January 8th home versus Kansas. I just, the kids will be back. We got to have more faith in the kids. Yeah. The kids will lead us. They will lead us home. But on they the flip side, they will visit us in the old folks' home. They will they will feed us pumpkin pie like at the end of Driving Miss Daisy. Yikes! I was on the flip side though, Michael. We do get Iowa State on the road before their students are back on the fifth next Wednesday. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get at. Thinking they're not going to be back to Ames that soon. Maybe. Possibly. So the month of January, get ready for games every couple of days. It's going to seem like. Oh my gosh! Fifth or. I guess every three days. Anyways, 5th, 8th, 11th, 13th, 15th, 18th, 22nd, 24th. And then you get a week off. No, 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 sorry. No, you don't. You, you play get, Mississippi State. You get five days off and then get Mississippi State. <laughs> Can I tell you, Michael? Yes. Even pre-kickoff, I was sick of those cowbells. 
Oh my gosh. That was obnoxious. I'm, I'm also just really glad they had nothing really to cheer for tonight because that would have been obnoxious. Didn't have to deal with that all night. Yeah, I felt like the the crew had them extremely mic'd up for the kickoff. And then I kind of didn't hear them the rest of the time. And I, I think it was like you said. I think it was um, a natural dying down of the cowbells. But, man, I thought someone has a microphone way too close. Yeah. The good so, thing about tortillas is they're silent. But they were visible on camera, and I love to see it when the kickoffs tortillas were flying. Yes, sir. All right, Michael. Uh, we didn't ask for any questions. We didn't ask for any input. Any final parting shots in the bowl game before we we wrap this one up tonight? Not really. I'm. I just want to say I'm really excited for Sonny Cumbie, and really, you know, to to avoid what I just railed on for the last ten minutes or twenty minutes, whatever. I'm really going to be rooting for him at his new school, and I hope that Louisiana Tech has a lot of success except if for some reason they play Texas Tech which happens from time to time but really excited for him rooting for Patterson too even though I you hate Abilene I Christian. hate Abilene Christian with a purple wildcat passion hate um, but rooting for Patterson really thought they coached the heck out of these guys tonight players were tuned in they were dialed in they were bought in they were emotional they weren't you know sometimes bowl games especially with an interim situation now this interim situation has been going on long enough but i remember seeing it after tuberville left um and i think even after leach was fired just the the demeanor on the sidelines and just it, it was getting super chippy and I didn't see that tonight. I saw it a little bit, but it was mostly from it was mostly responding to Mississippi State chippiness. But I just remember particularly, I think that uh, that bowl game after Tuberville left was, gosh, our players were pissed. <laughs> they were just mad and taken. And I don't blame them. And just kind of really um, playing super emotionally. I didn't see that tonight. I think everybody was pretty dialed in they were focused they uh the coaching staff had a good handle on 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 the team and and kept them you know kept their eye on the prize and wanted to win that bowl game so i loved it i've got nothing else um sorry if my voice sounded like crap but hey that's that's what i've got right now man that was what i have to offer it was a heck of a game super pumped to end the 2021 season with a win 34 to 7 over mississippi state We'll get into basketball here full steam ahead. Um, but that'll do it for us in 23 Personal Podcast. From Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.